1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. And Suns in the bonus. Durant with a pull-up. Those were the shots that were there last night and just would not go down at all. Five minutes to play. Bridges dancing, hesitates, gets inside, fades. Oh! He cannot be stopped! The Los Angeles Lakers win the first NBA Cup. They are champions of the inaugural in-season tournament. Bill, I wanted to ask you a question. Speaking, obviously, for yourself and, and your understanding, do you have an understanding that Robert will not ask you to be back next year? Yeah, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. During that timeout, Justin Herbert was talking to the Chargers trainers and ran into the locker room. So he's not on the sideline right now. Let's go back to Herbert. We're being told it's a finger injury and his return is questionable. Yeah, you see him here getting taken down by Zach Allen. He gets up, Matt, and he starts shaking his hand, but it looks like it's his right index finger. Yeah, to me, it's the second most important finger outside of your thumb. Your thumb's on the backside of that ball, but the index finger is the last one to touch it when you're releasing it. It has so much to do with feel and accuracy. Hopefully he's okay. Gabriel. Blocked touchdown, Nick Anderson. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, December 13th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Suns, do you now approve of the Kevin Durant trade? The Lakers, should they hang a championship banner for winning the first ever in season tournament? The Patriots, who would be a good fit for Bill? The Chargers, should they have a Different head coach and offensive coordinator when Justin Herbert returns next season. The NCAA doesn't need to change the current transfer portal policy. If there is a transfer portal portal policy, that's a good question in itself. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments we have the, the introduction of today's pipeline. 10.15 or so around the NFL with Eric Edholm at Pro Football, uh, Pro Football Media. Then at 10, uh, 10.30 or so, Interactive Action, 602-260-1060. Also, some local roundup, including a Suns Warriors analysis from Tuesday night. A little bottom line action from today's pipeline questions also at the bottom of this hour. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, topped by Rip from the Headlines and from The Wire. Lots of stuff there. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. And that will include more phone call time at 602-260-1060. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. (laughs) 
Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. Then we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, do you now approve of the Kevin Durant for Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson trade? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. We are in a 50-50 split. Hmm, okay, that's good to start with. We'll see how this changes in the next uh, three hours or so. Uh, the trade also included some draft picks, but Bridges and, uh, and Johnson, they're back in Phoenix today, while Durant, who did not play Tuesday night versus the Warriors because of an ankle injury, might return tonight. There were some conflicting reports about his available, availability, he tried to say. For tonight, there were some conflicting reports yesterday. That'd be Tuesday. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, should Lakers hang a banner for winning the first ever NBA in-season tournament? And Kayla, what do we have here? We have no leading the way at 58.8% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 41.2%. This is over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. The Lakers reportedly will do something to commemorate the event, uh, albeit it's not clear as to whether it will be similar to their 17 NBA championship banners. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Warriors, I'll uh, get this right, the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have decided to move on from Bill Belichick at the end of the season. That according to Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston, who uh, at least the first time I saw this was last night at about uh, 10 o'clock hour time. Uh, who would be a possible replacement if the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick? Justin Herbert is out for the rest of the season. The Chargers quarterback was ruled out officially after Tuesday surgery. He had Tuesday surgery in his right index finger, which was broken against the Broncos on Sunday. How much blame of the under, underachieving Chargers should be placed on Herbert, who is now 30-32 and 32 as NFL starting quarterback? Meanwhile, college athletics, the transfer portal is out of control. Uh, there are more than 1,600 FBS players in the, uh, the current football transfer portal. More than 100 scholarship quarterbacks from last season are in the transfer portal. Does the NCAA need to change its current transfer portal legislation or lack thereof? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's hopefully sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by Around the NFL. Eric Edholm from NFL Media is scheduled to join us. Uh, we'll go through a bunch of stuff with Eric, who does a whole lot of things for NFL Media, and we'll cover uh, quite a few of those things. Also, again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time and general discussion at that point, 602-260-1060. Plus, we'll have a little local roundup. They'll have some Suns Warriors analysis from Tuesday night. If you look at the final score, you think, wow, that was a great game. 
If you watched any of that game, you realize it was a pretty bad game. <laughs> also, we'll have a little bottom line for the pipeline questions that aren't poll questions at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. Little Eagles action here. Not the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles back in the day when they sort of got along, kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, once again, uh, KDUSAM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. All right, the NFL regular season is winding down. Four more weeks to go for some. It seems like this week is, or this season, I should say, uh, and this week for that matter, has gone rather quickly. And for others, it seems like it's been kind of a, uh, you know, a marathon to some extent. Uh, I'm on the marathon side because I think if you take this job seriously and follow the NFL day to day and do what you should be doing as far as your job, it uh, it takes it's it's a grind. It's a, it's fun most a lot of the time. Not as much fun this year, quite frankly, but uh, we'll see what's going on. We're trying to track down Eric Edholm from NFL Media and kick around some of the topics around the NFL. So hopefully we can catch up to Eric in the next few minutes here. Uh, you know, going back to Sunday, and I wasn't here on Monday, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, you know, the, we didn't. I didn't have much of a time. I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but certainly, you know, the Sunday headlines start with the Chiefs and the Bills. The end of the game. And uh, to me, I don't think there's any question that Tony was offsides. He was offsides by like half a yard. It wasn't even close. And all the uh, bitching and moaning after the game and during the game from Mahomes, for that matter, and then after the game from Andy Reid, they both seem to have, light, sight, seem to have lightened up a little bit uh, since then. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if they're trying to avoid fines from the NFL or <laughs> what, the, what the deal was there, but uh, – you know, their most recent comments have not, not been as strong and and, uh, and critical as they were either during the game in Mahomes' case and obviously berated the officials, of which he apologized for, uh, I believe it was yesterday, finally got around to that part, or Andy Reid. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I don't know if they're trying to avoid fines or what, but to, there's no doubt that, you know, Tony was offsides. And that should have been called, and there's no way that they have a reason to bitch and moan about that. You know, they've had alignment issues all season long. If you go back to the first game of the season, uh, you know, with the right tackle situation, and, you know, they got away with that for most of the game, quite frankly. Uh, so, you know, they, they, I think that they've been a poorly coached team this year. Uh, so, you know, I know that's hard to say about Andy Reid, him of multiple Super Bowl championships and – playoff appearances and so forth but uh i can't imagine that he would uh you know you know honestly tell you 
maybe he would honestly tell you because he seems to be a pretty honest guy that uh, this has not been his uh, best coach team. I think that that's an accurate and really not even an arguable statement at this point. But obviously that was a big topic on Sunday after the games ended. And plus it was obviously a late game on the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the afternoon window, et cetera. And so that was, that was there to be had. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills, uh, they, did, uh, they didn't blow a fourth-quarter lead. They almost did, uh, but they did not blow another fourth-quarter lead. And uh, we'll see what happens with the Bills moving forward. Um, I still kind of dispute uh, all this offensive talent that they allegedly have, but clearly their offense has been better since the coordinator change uh, from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady. There's no question that they've done some things differently of which we'll get into, I'm sure, at some uh, point a little later on this week in more detail, uh, likely during the Friday spread when we preview the upcoming games uh, for this upcoming week, which, you know, obviously tomorrow night, which is another bad Thursday night game. And then, yeah, we got three games on Saturday and the uh, rest of the schedule on Sunday and Monday night. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, um, if it weren't for the, you know, the Chiefs, uh, offside situation and uh, all the uproar about that. I think the Cowboys would have dominated the headlines last week after they had they physically dominated the Eagles last Sunday night. Uh, and, uh, you know, their defense didn't allow a touchdown in that game. The only Eagles touchdown was on a, you know, obviously, a, you know, the Dallas you know, offense, you know, giving them a touchdown, basically. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, like, like I said, you know, I think the best performance came from the Cowboys last Sunday night, uh, and the Sunday games at least came from the Cowboys. Uh, so, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that, uh, you know, they've uh, at least for one game uh, quieted some of the critics, in which there are many. And, uh, yeah, Dak has been really good. Uh, so we'll see if that continues. And I don't think there's much question that Dak Prescott has certainly stepped up in the Mike McCarthy offense, and it's much more suited for his skills uh, and uh, than what Kellen Moore was trying to do, whatever that was he was trying to do uh, when Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. Of course, McCarthy kind of inherited, not kind of, he inherited Kellen Moore's offense and so forth. This is McCarthy's offense, and it definitely uh, is more of an offense that uh, – you know, caters to team ball with the defense in mind, too. Uh, and uh, not just heaving it down the field seemingly every play, which was a big part of Kellen Moore. And a uh, big problem in San Diego right now. Excuse me, Los Angeles with the Chargers. Still saying San Diego. The Chargers. Uh, that has uh, been a problem with uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers this year. One of the many problems for the Justin Herbert Chargers. Meanwhile, the Eagles... Uh, they've allowed 30-plus points three straight games. I understand that they've had this schedule gauntlet, and they've lost the last two weeks, but they really haven't been very competitive against San Francisco and Dallas. Uh, I'm not sure there's that much hope for the Philadelphia defense, quite frankly. Uh, they're obviously running on fumes since they played the Cowboys, really since the Bills, excuse me, and then playing the uh, Eagles. And uh, the, I'll get this right. They played the Bills. They were on the field for 95 snaps. And then they played the Niners and the Cowboys the last two weeks. And the defense, which really hasn't been that good at any point this season, quite frankly, uh, is certainly uh, not being able to compete at the highest level against the best competition. 
The next question is, do I have come? I have to come around some point here with the Baltimore Ravens, right? I'm still going to be in the back of my mind wondering about uh, Lamar in the playoffs. He's won one playoff game as, in his career. I'm not counting the years that he was injured at the end of the year. Uh, the actual games that he's played, they've only won one of those, and they've been a you know, higher seed most of the time when they've played in these playoff games. But certainly – I think he had one of his best quarters ever, maybe his best quarter ever, in the fourth quarter of that game against the Rams on Sunday. Uh, he, he needed to do, you know, you know, they needed him to do what actually happened because their defense, for whatever reason, had no problem, uh, had lots of problems and no chance of stopping Matthew Stafford in that game. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the defense, I think that was a, uh, probably a one-week blip on the radar. They did lose a couple guys to injury in that game on the defensive side of the ball, but we'll see. I still got a question whether the Ravens are you know, better than the Lamar Jackson playoff teams that have fallen out of the playoffs and fallen short every year they've been in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. The Patriots, we talked about uh, during the pipeline, uh, according to Tom Curran of NBC Sports uh, Boston, the Patriots are looking to move on after this season from Bill Belichick. Uh, so who would be the best possible replacement uh, for Bill Belichick? Or who are the possible replacements for Bill, Bill Belichick? I think uh, one, of the thing that, one of the things that happens all, almost all the time, whether it's uh, you know, any level of coaching or a manager in baseball, if you're going to get rid of somebody, no matter whether it's a legend like Belichick or whether it's somebody who's not a legend, but who's going to replace the guy that you're firing or moving on from? If it's a you know, joint or mutual decision of the guys moving on or whatever, that, however that works, that's a big question. And uh, I don't know if there are any obvious possible replacements for, for Belichick at this point. And I'll get to that a little more in the next segment uh, during the bottom line portion. But we'll see how that goes. But uh, those are just some of the questions I have from last weekend. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to catch up with Eric at home from uh, NFL Media uh, during this segment. And actually, Kayla, we're going to have to cut this segment really short because, uh, you know, a couple reasons. One, I don't have a whole lot more to get to. And now, have more time in the next segment. I'll give you more time for the national roundup. Excuse me, the local roundup. And I do have a long national roundup in the final segment of the show here, the, the one-hour sports zone for today. Next segment, though, if you want to jump aboard, phone call time. We got more time than we've had in a long time. If you want to jump aboard, general discussion. So pretty much anything goes 602-260-1060. I will have a little bottom line. And uh, depending on phone call volume, I'll get to some, uh, some suns from last night. Close game, but if you watch the game, it was a very disjointed, non-entertaining game, quite frankly. It's like, unfortunately, many NBA games during the season. And last night certainly fell into that category. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS HD2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. 
back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, which we'll get to here in a couple of seconds, it is phone call time. And uh, we do have plenty of time and room for you right now if you want to jump aboard. Uh, general discussion, 602-260-1060. I'll get to a little bottom line action here in just a couple of moments. 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some Suns. Uh, from uh, the Warriors from last night, a couple of uh, things that uh, kind of caught my attention and a little analysis from the contest uh, downtown Phoenix last night. All right, let's get into a little of the bottom line here. Feel free to interrupt at any point here if you'd like, 602-260-1060. doesn't have to necessarily be the topics that I'm um, kicking around here. If you got other things on your mind sports-related, uh, that would be okay also. All right, uh, some bottom line answers. Uh, first up, uh, we're obviously the pipeline questions today, uh, the poll questions, I should say, from the pipeline. We will answer those during the extra point at around uh, 1230. The extra point, of course, hosted by Kayla and our two, uh, two questions for today. Uh, the uh, KDUS1060.com poll question. Do you now approve of the Kevin Durant for Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson trade? Uh, those you know, two gentlemen, Bridges and uh, Johnson, are here tonight. Hopefully Durant's going to play. There were certainly conflicting reports yesterday of whether he will play tonight. Uh, Durant did not play for a second consecutive game, missing a game last night, missing the game last night against the Warriors with an ankle injury. And uh, the TNT broadcast even conflicted their own broadcast last night during the game saying originally, well, he didn't think that he was going to play, and then later they said that he might play. So it's just a massive confusion. So hopefully our, you know, Durant will play, assuming he's ready to play. Hopefully he's not playing just because it's a revenge game for him against the Nets, uh, which he did not have the greatest relationship towards the end of his career there. So hopefully if he plays, it's because he's ready to go and not because he's trying to prove something. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. Also, today's Twitter poll question to the Lakers, uh, you know, hang a banner for winning the first ever NBA in-season tournament. This was a big source of, uh, uh, I think controversy is a fair word, uh, discussion for sure. Uh, yesterday when it was, uh, I guess, Monday it first came out that they were going to do something. Uh, so uh, we'll get into those two things in some detail at around 1230 during the extra point today. All right, bottom line for the rest of today's pipeline. Uh, question, uh, who would uh, be a possible replacement if the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick? I think the bottom line, at least to my knowledge, there is no obvious choice to succeed Belichick. Uh, my first suggestion to the Kraft family would hire a general, first up, hire a general manager that has player personnel, a player personnel background. Um you know, then that guy could also head the coaching search for the next head coach. Uh, so basically, he'd be a general manager, which is kind of you know, what general managers do. You know, they hire a head coach. Uh, I don't think it would, I think it would be a mistake if they hired a coach first. Uh, so that would be my suggestions to the Kraft family. Also, I think it would be good if whoever the next head coach is. Uh, that person had an offensive background because their offense is a mess. They've made really bad personnel decisions over the past few years in several positions, whether it be during the draft or free agency. 
Uh, so I think that uh, their defense is still, you know, really considering all the bad spots that the offense has put the Patriots defense into, I actually think their defense has played rather well. Uh, and they've got some players on defense, uh, including you know, a couple of guys who got hurt this year uh, who will be back that uh, you think have that you can put those guys in the field simultaneously uh, and they're not injured. That uh, defense, I think, has a pretty good chance of succeeding and being pretty good. Uh, but the offense is a mess. Next up, uh, how much of the underachieving for the Chargers this season should be placed on Justin Herbert? who is now 30-32 and 32, as an NFL starting quarterback. The bottom line here is that Justin Herbert has phenomenal physical talent, but for all of the, uh, his phenom- phenomenal talent, um, he's got his ba- football IQ, I think, is low. Also, you know, there's no question that he has not been coached well. Now, two offensive coordinators who I think are way below average, uh, no doubt about that, but his instincts and football IQ should be better three seasons into his NFL career. That whole organization is a mess. And uh, you know, they should have you know, obviously made a head coaching change two years ago, but now it's uh, Brandon Staley, third year, still there. Uh, he should be long gone. He should have been long gone after the first year. Uh, the offensive coordinator uh, decisions, which are which are not all his, those are also a mess. So we'll see what's going on. Get to your phone calls in just one second. One more quick thing uh, from the bottom line today: Did the NCAA need to change its current? Uh, does it need to change the current transfer portal legislation or lack thereof? The bottom line is the transfer portal and also the NIL money has turned college football into a chaotic uh, chaotic mess. Let's call it that. The combination of the two has really meant that the college football on the field has become even more of a top-heavy sport. Uh, They thought there was going to be more balance because of this. It's actually turned out to be the opposite. Uh, And that is, I think, derailed the entertainment value most Saturdays during the regular season in college football. All right, it's a quick bottom line for today on the phone lines. Monroe and Glendale, what's going on, Monroe? Hello, Bob. Hi. Um, you kind of right in my wheelhouse with 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 Bill Belichick. Um, if we think that he is the best coach in the game today, then we're kind of conceding that we won't find someone better. Uh, I, I don't think in terms of who you will replace him with only. I think in terms of can we. Can we do better than what we're doing if we keep them? And if we do, what do we need to do to keep them? It's not just who you're going to replace them with, but it's also can you expect different than what you've been getting? And I think part of the reason, I don't know what they were thinking about the Kraft family, but I think part of the reason is that they there's this sentiment that who can you get to be a GM and have him as the coach and have that relationship the way it needs to be. And I just kind of feel like maybe maybe that you can't really get a GM who can stand toe-to-toe with Bill, and therefore that's why Bill is moving on. I, 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 I'm with you. I would think that a GM is the first thing you should go for. 
I wanted so desperately for the Steelers to hire Lewis Riddick, but they chose to go another direction. So if you're looking for a GM kind of guy, that's a person I would put in that position or at least consider. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't fall into the mindset of I don't know who I'm going to replace him with, so I can't make a move. I wouldn't do that. Okay, let's start with the Lewis Reddick thing, who I really like. However, I'm not sure if I would if if I were in, I guess like an owner and you know instructing you know the organization what I wanted to do. I I I try to hire a general manager first, uh, but I'm not sure. I would much prefer if I had a general manager that had some experience in that job in the NFL. And sure. yeah, Riddick could be great. He could be great. I mean, we had him on during the Super Bowl last year. I've stated for a couple years running at least that I think he does a really good job and he should be an executive. I know you have to start somewhere, but I'm not sure if this would be the right place for him. Um, so we'll see what's going up with that. Hopefully uh, you can have a list of candidates. You know, Kraft's going to or somebody, whoever's running the Patriots organization, if Belichick does leave, you know, they're going to have to have a, you know, a, you know I don't I hate these search firm things. I don't think they're going to do that. But I would actually, you know, just kind of have a usual search that teams have for a general manager. Uh, right. That's where I would start. Um, and then have that uh, general manager hire the head coach because they're going to have to work together. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's a it's a mess in New England, and I, I never imagined it would reach to this point. Quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I don't know what they could do to turn it around. Myself, I sort of have, you know, I kind of feel them. Um, the more you win, the harder it is to do these kinds of things. But also, the more you win, the more easily you become spoiled and you want to do something, right? You want to. Oh, you wanna, yeah, that you makes sense. Uh, uh, I, don't, I think I, that's I very. Also, I think that. Go ahead. I also happen to be of the opinion that coaching is in decline, uh, and that's going to be even bigger challenge if you get a good GM to find someone who is indeed a, a in this case, let's say an offensive guru, that's not a system guy, right? You have a lot of guys who are successful with certain systems. And I think Bill Belichick, at least for me, his, his big deal was he could take players and use them properly. And I just don't think that happens anymore. I think they find I think players still, that fit the I think it still happens for the Patriots on defense, so they just are a mess on offense. They've made a bunch of horrendous, and he has, personal decisions, whether it be in the draft or free agency. That's why I would be strongly a strong advocate, whoever their next, uh, whoever their next head coach is, has an yeah. offensive background and hopefully some success somewhere. You know, no, I agree with that. I'm just saying it's going to be much more difficult, in my view, to, to find somebody. I just... I don't think it's there's a bunch of them growing on trees that you just reach up and grab one. No, I agree uh, with that. I mean, I think that there would be plenty of people interested, though, because if you, you know, you never know, you might swing and miss. But I do think there would certainly um, be some you know, candidates out there. I don't even have a problem if you dip into the college ranks at this point. I know the college ranks and guys that have gone to the NFL, it's not exactly a uh, – 
anywhere near a uh, you know even 75 percent hit rate uh, but you know there are plenty of college coaches that seemingly have a pretty good idea what they're doing on offense at least uh, so you know we'll see how you know we got to make sure that that guy has a defensive coordinator has a clue I'd be but at least you have defensive talent you know inherit if you're in New England you're going to inherit some really good defensive talent, quite frankly, at all three levels of of, of, you know, of the defense. They've got some decent front guys for sure. You know, their linebackers may be a little suspect, but the you know, secondary, they've got a bunch of dudes in their secondary that are pretty good. Uh, so I think there's a starting point there at least. But it, you know, the offense, just basically, basically almost everybody has to go. Right, right. What if he – if I can ask this question because I don't really have any idea what his goals are, but what do you suppose will be a landing place for him? Oh, I have no idea. I have not a a clue. Yeah, no idea. I'm sure I assume he's such a historian. I would be surprised if he did not want to break Don Shula's all-time record for wins. Uh, but I have no idea, you know, what, uh, you know, I know there's been, there was talk about saying, about the chargers. I have no idea why anybody would want to inherit that mess at the moment. But, uh, I know that there was uh, you know, some media speculation about that anyway, Monroe, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks Bob. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks. Let's go to Matt and Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how are you? Hanging in there. Good. That's all we can do sometimes. Um, Belichick, I heard <laughs> especially, some uh, especially this hour. <laughs> I heard some reports that Washington would be a landing spot. That Any makes sense. There? I mean, they got well, they got you know, they they have another place that has to start over. Even yep. they, you know, obviously they're <laughs> they never they haven't reached exactly a. Uh, when's the last time that they were any good? I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, I know that RG, they actually the one year, the one year with RG three. Yeah, that's true. Really, since Shanahan was there, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That seems like a really, so, really long time ago. <laughs> it does seem like a long time ago. I don't think it's that long ago, but it seems like it. It's not, but it sure seems like it. Absolutely. I want to talk a little baseball for you. Um, a report the, about Glass now to the Dodgers. Um, Maybe I'm uh, on an island here. Uh, I don't exactly understand it. I, I know Glass now is really good when he pitches. That's not very frequently. And the last time the Rays traded a supposed ace, um, they actually got Glass now in a steal that involved uh, Chris Archer. And if the Rays are trading a pitcher, I'm not sure I want anything to do with them. Um, do you have any thoughts in regards to that potential move? I've kind of changed my tune on the Rays because they did such a horrendous job handling their pitching staff last season. I mean, they did everything okay. wrong after for years seemingly doing almost everything right. Uh, yeah. And they, they you know, basically, they just just mishandled, you know, I don't even think this is just a you know, casual observation, just mishandled guys and gave them – for whatever reason, did not sit them down before they should have. Um, okay. As far as injuries go and so forth, I think that they did a horrendous job. Um, as far as Glassdown goes, yeah, I'm still of the belief, you know, the injury thing is for sure. You're right about that. But 
seemingly, uh, you know, when guys go to the Dodgers, they seem to kind of have it's at least figure, figure out a few things. Uh, so uh, he's got phenomenal ability, and yes, uh, they've got uh, they've got some obviously pitching openings. So we'll see what happens in free agency here, uh, and whether they add somebody or they trade for Corbin Burns, which is also out there. That makes more sense to me than Glass now, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I would assume uh, that the Dodgers are going to add some pitching here in the next you know few weeks before spring training starts. Um, as far as uh, Yamamoto is concerned, have you heard anything? And am I on an island here that, that paying a guy three hundred million dollars, uh, even at twenty five years old, with a potential pedigree that he has, is maybe a little crazy? You know, I don't really understand the finances of baseball anymore. So maybe I should just take that part out of the equation for me. <laughs> so, okay. you know, if somebody wants to pay him, you know, you know maybe I, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I might be. You know, I've been you wrong about other guys like, that gotten paid. Yeah, you can probably defer two hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars of that uh, contract. So, you there you go. That's like what a, I hear. You know, uh, 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 you know, a hundred bucks a month or something. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, even if the Mets sign it, I have some, some massive questions that giving a 25 year old who's never thrown a pitch in a major leagues before that much money is, seems a little ludicrous to me. I don't disagree, but I don't know what alternative they have at this moment. I mean, they've kind of, uh, you know, they put themselves in this situation with the Verlander and Scherzer failures. Uh, yep. Which wasn't all yep. their fault, but I mean, it just hadn't happened that way. So if they want to compete, they've got to figure something out. And it, uh, the division that has Atlanta and Philadelphia. Yeah, my issue is I, I even think, even if he's as good as um, people think he is, that uh, they're still clearly the third best team in that division. So a um, little hard for me to wrap my head around one guy changing the outlook of that. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not exactly sure. You know, the fact that they may actually not extend Alonzo's contract is a bit mind-boggling also. Yeah, we've uh, we've agreed there that we've never been big fans of Alonzo, but um, as far as power production, they don't really have it outside of him, and it's not exactly like uh, those types of guys are growing on trees. So I'm curious to see where that goes. That's true. Also, you know, most teams we talked about in baseball almost every December, uh, you know, they need you – know, we wouldn't be talking – we don't talk about the teams that are usually really established and good in the month of December. Yeah. It's true. usually Very teams true. that are trying to you know, rebound from disappointing seasons and have the finances and the aspirations to think that they're going to be really good if they just do one or two things. And I don't think yep. that the uh, Mets have a – they're not in a situation where they can do one or two things and poof, things change like that. Without a doubt. All right, Bob, appreciate it as always. Have a good rest of the day. All right, you too. Thank you very much. Okay, quickly, um, just a couple of things real fast on the Suns from last night, and we'll get to more of this during the extra point with Kayla during uh, between uh, you know 11 and 1 o'clock. The Suns did win last night. Uh, they tried to blow a 13-point lead the last three minutes and 54 seconds. That lead got down to one uh, because, quite frankly, I think that they're you know, poorly coached at the moment. They have no direction on offense because they don't have a point guard. 
and I don't really care whether it's the big three not playing or not together. Uh, this team is in disarray. And they're, they won last night because the Warriors are in far worse shape right now than the Suns are. Yeah, they're healthy. And they just, you know, Derry Ron Green gets thrown out and, you know, what what's new there? But uh, the Suns do win last night. Not a pretty basketball game, but they did win. And they're now 7-1 in their last eight meetings against the Warriors. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 KSLX HD2 100.7. And a little rip from the headlines from the wire combo here. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin is not in jeopardy of losing his job, according to multiple reports over the last two days. Staying with the Steelers, Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback for at least one more game. Kenny Pickett ruled out of the Saturday game against the Colts. Browns left tackle Jedrick Wills had arthroscopic surgery on Tuesday. Reportedly will miss at least the rest of the regular season. The 49ers have signed former Pro Bowl cornerback Jason Barrett. We'll have much more on the 49ers in the 10-15 segment in the Friday Sports Zone with Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Meanwhile, the Dolphins are bringing back uh, pass rusher Melvin Ingram, who started 17 games for Miami last season, but is was still a free agent out in the street and until this week, uh, not playing for anybody in 2023. College football in the NFL combined. Drake May officially announced he's leaving North Carolina early for the 2024 NFL draft. Back to the college football now. Riley Leonard. Uh, the quarterback announced on Tuesday he's transferring from Duke to Notre Dame. Uh, DJU leaving Oregon State. He will visit Florida State this weekend. Plus, Tyler Van Dyke is transferring from Miami to Wisconsin, which is uh, more than just a significant climate change. That's a whole different world playing in the Big Ten as opposed to the ACC. May not be a bad thing for Van Dyke, but uh, Miami had some good moments and had some awful moments. Uh, hence the reason he's leaving Miami. Earlier this week, former Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel officially transferred to Oregon. Oklahoma did add a wide receiver, Deion Burks, who was a, a second-team All-Big Ten wide receiver. He's leaving Purdue and going to Oklahoma. An Ohio State pitch-and-catch combination likely to be on the move, quarterback Kyle McCord and also wide receiver Julian Fleming. Uh, might transfer to Nebraska, but... Nebraska also supposedly looking at Valley High School product Dylan Rayola, who was previously committed over the last couple seasons. First, he verbally committed to Ohio State. Then he verbally committed to Georgia. And now it looks like an NIL deal might land him in Nebraska. So we'll see how that goes. His dad was a legendary offensive lineman there. I'm not positive, but you know, I think he might be on the coaching staff right now in Nebraska also. Speaking of Ohio State, more stuff going on there. Chip Trainum, who was previously at ASU, uh, is now transferring from Ohio State to Kentucky. Also, staying with Ohio State, running back Trey Henderson, wide receiver Emeka Abuka, and also Scottsdale Saguaro High School cornerback Denzel Burke will surprisingly, at least to me surprisingly, play in the Cotton Bowl for Ohio State against Missouri. Major League Baseball. The Mets uh, may not sign Pete Alonso to contract extension this offseason. 
The Dodgers, even after signing, uh, signing Shohei Otani, uh, with the deferred payments, will have money to spend. In fact, uh, Josh Hader is on the list of possibilities for free agency, and also Tampa Bay starting pitcher Tyler Glass now has been mentioned as a possible trade addition. The Giants finally got somebody to take some of their money, uh, signing KBO outfielder Young Hu uh, Lee to a six-year, $113 million deal. By the way, uh, the, Do- the Giants reportedly offered to match the Dodgers' offer for Otani, uh, but Otani opted to stay in Southern California and sign with the Dodgers. The Royals, this is a sneaky move here, by the way, uh, signed, especially fantasy-wise, signed starting pitcher Seth Lugo, Lugo, I should say, Seth Lugo to a three-year contract. Lugo, I think, is a very good fit for the Kansas City really big ballpark. And one note from the NBA for now, the uh, the Bulls could actually trade DeMar DeRozan because it appears a contract extension with him between uh, the Bulls and DeRozan is highly unlikely. All right, that's it for the hour. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging in a little uh you know, a little disjointed in this hour. A couple things didn't uh, go as planned, but that's okay. Uh, we'll be all right. We'll survive. Next two hours will be the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla, including more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.